0: what is Café Mocha? Café Mocha is experts,
1: celebrities.
2: What's up? This is Belbid DeVoe. you is Trudy Idris This is
1: Fantasia. This is Zimbo. This
3: is India R E. So
1: much more. All from a woman's perspective.
3: What
2: flavor are you,
3: baby? This is Café Mocha. A lot's going on in the world of politics. In addition to states making it harder to vote, There's an all-out war on women's reproductive rights. Here to break it all down is April D. Ryan, longtime White House correspondent. Cafe Mocha begins now. When you think about the birth and origin of Black music, you might think about Detroit, Motown, Memphis for the blues, maybe D.C. for some go-go. What most people don't necessarily think about is Cincinnati, One woman is trying to change that. She spearheaded the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame that just launched last month. We've got Alicia Reese on the line to talk about it. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Thank you. Thank you
4: so much for having me.
3: So I mentioned some cities where we know the birth and, and depth of the music there, but what kind of names come from Cincinnati when it comes to music?
4: Well, we have a lot of names in different genres. Uh, we've got Bootsy Collins. Yeah. We've got the Isley Brothers. Uh, we've got uh, Midnight Star, High Tech in the hip hop area. Uh, we also have the King of doo who created the Doo-Wop sound, Otis <laughs> Williams. We have in the gospel category, uh, he played with uh, Dr. the late Dr. James Cleveland. We have the late Dr. Charles Fold. So uh, Wilbert Longmire, who's from here, was discovered by Nancy Wilson. Okay. Uh, she came here to play the music festival, discovered him, and he played with George Benson. Uh, we're the home of King Records, where James Brown recorded most of his uh, biggest hits right here in Cincinnati. Okay. So we have a long history. Uh, uh, L.A. Reid is from here, who... Uh, was in a group called The Deal. uh, We know who L.A. Reed is. Yes, yes. A lot has come from here.
3: (laughs) He shaped R&B. He and Babyface shaped R&B in the 80s and 90s. A little group called The Deal. (laughs) But, you know, like we had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Morris Day on talking about the Minneapolis scene. You know, we've seen tons of movies talking about the scene, the music scene in Detroit. You know, looking back 20 or 30 or 50 years ago, what was the vibe musically in Cincinnati? Was it like that where, the, where there were like these geniuses just in
4: bars jamming? <laughs> I, you know, I think that um, we had a lot of that. We created, you know, we were right there with, you know, Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio, uh, Southwest Ohio. We We had that funk sound. And uh, even uh, when you look back at history, you know, Prince uh, got done with a concert in a whole nother city and, and drove to Cincinnati to uh, get in the recording studio here because we just had that, that funk sound. We created a lot of sounds uh, right up the street in Hamilton, Ohio. You have uh, Roger Troutman and yeah. uh, the synthesizer sound that you hear a lot of. So, you know, through his uh, group Zap. So we created a lot of different sounds. There's a lot of sounds that we uh, created right here. High-tech on the hip-hop world, uh, who's worked with Snoop Dogg and uh, one of uh, Anderson .Paak's uh, biggest hits. He has that high-tech sound. And so I think one of the things that uh, we're known for is creating kind of new sounds, new trends. And what happens is usually the artists, you know, they leave here and they blow up, and people, you know, uh, don't know that that sound came from someone from, from this area Right. Uh, down here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati's so. cracking is what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of competition, a lot of band competitions. I mean, the bands would just go at it. And for me, I grew up in music. I I wouldn't be here without black music. My mother uh, lived uh, what they call area called the Projects. A lot of people came from area called the West End. And, you know, singing was kind of like just all they used to do on the front porch and, you know, creating the harmonies. And her idol was, you know, Aretha Franklin. And so um, she went on to meet my father, who had interned at Motown, and he came back to Cincinnati and, you know, wanted to be the next Barry Gordy. And he had his own record label. We're home to a lot of independent labels that people, you know, began to start and so he started on record label, uh, SR Steve Reese Productions, met my mother and recorded her self-titled album, and she performed on national TV and around the country. And then they got married, and they had me. And so <laughs> a lot of the artists, uh, black artists, I grew up with seeing them, and they were friends with them, or they are around the studio. And that's why I wanted to have a, a black music walk of fame but because i said wait a minute these stories can't just live in my head we have to put them somewhere so when i'm gone when i leave the earth the stories don't leave with me they stay here because these are people who had dreams and you know were the diamonds in the rough and invested their own money and created new sounds and i want other young people from this area to know that hey you can do it too and here's their stories and so we wanted to do it in a, a, a in, our, in a way that is a tourism attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been the deputy director of tourism from Ohio, and uh, I've also been an uh, elected official as the vice mayor, state representative, and now a county commissioner. But I wanted to leave something behind that's a tourist attraction uh, where the past meets the future through technology with the interactive outdoor uh, Black Music Walk of Fame Park that will be free and located right on the Ohio river. Oh, cool. And that's where we came for freedom. And that's where many blacks lived, uh, until they moved them out to, uh, the projects called the West end. And I wanted it to be right there. So we are right across the street from our NFL stadium, uh, Paul Brown stadium with the Bengals play We're right next to a new music facility uh, called the Andrew Brady music center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're right in the Monday night football shot. So, uh, Everybody has to see it and everyone can be a part of it, but it just has, you know, it's authentic um, and it's a way for us to bring tourists from all over the world to come and learn and be a part of this history. Alicia Reese, I know your
3: parents are so proud of you for keeping that legacy alive. The Cincinnati Black Music, a walk of fame. How do people find more information? You got a website?
4: Yes, Cincy org, or you can follow us on Instagram, Cincy Black Music Walk of Fame, Facebook, the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame. And you can see this year's induction and uh, learn a lot more about what we're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
4: Thank you and, so much.
1: Have a and good to one. To our listeners out there who probably know some artists from Cincinnati that they would love to see on the Walk of Fame, they can hit us up on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Café Mocha Radio, Angelique.
3: You know we're going to have Cincinnati. to take Lonnie, right? You know we're going to have to take Lonnie, right?
1: <laughs> All right. Cool. Lonnie wouldn't miss it, trust me.
3: <laughs> it's Café Mocha Radio from a woman's perspective. On the line, longtime White House correspondent and D.C. Bureau Chief for the Grio, April D. Ryan, As we vent our frustration about what's going on politically. So April, the gas prices are finally going down. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything has skyrocketed. People are are blaming Joe Biden. His approval ratings are awful. What does all this mean for the Democratic Party?
0: (laughs) Doesn't look good. For the Democratic Party, you got people like Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of California, testing the water. So at the end of the day, um, you know, economists are once again talking about the recession is looming. We heard those words before. They're back again. I'm sitting in the White House right now um, as we're dealing with this. And, and, And when you look at the approval ratings of this current president, all of them are down because of what the number one issue the economy. The economy, your pocket, every group, every race, every gender, the economy. That's the number one issue gas prices are down but everything else is high mm-hmm. buying a home is crazy you know Impossible. buying lumber, oh my gosh it is ridiculous and they yeah. were saying you know, yeah they were they did a study on the places to buy homes baltimore my home is one of them um because they're trying to rebuild the city that is blinded uh somewhere it, it reminds you of what detroit used to look like mm-hmm. and yeah yeah so now yeah, yeah. so There are places that are trying to revitalize themselves where you can buy homes, but for the rest of the nation, there's no affordable homes, uh, no affordable housing. Rental prices is high. As uh, Marsha Fudge, the head of HUD, my soul from Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, she said the rent is too damn high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, following the gentleman who ran for mayor of New York City, who said that before. Mm -hmm. Everything is just skyrocketing. And there's no end in sight. Gas prices are down, but everything else is up. You know, I want to
1: congratulate you on 25 years of covering the White House. Um, Oh, thank you. When you started covering the White House in 19, was it 1997? I think President Bill Clinton was in office um, and news of Clinton and Monica Lewinsky Mm -hmm. scandal broke in 1998. (laughs) That must have been a, a time. What was it like as a new White House correspondent, if you don't mind talking about
0: it, with this 25 years queen? Um... Y'all, y'all, what I would say is, you know, every administration has something. That was one of the things that he had to deal with. But when you get through all the administrations after that and see the issues, it's about people. It's not about politics or party. it's about people. And sometimes it, it, it moves people out of the way and focuses them on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. People are hurting them. People are hurting now, particularly now. So um, back then... That's pale in comparison to what we're dealing with today. Pandemic, gas prices, have people die. I mean, it's just not gas prices. Everything is on the table. Monkeypox, health, life and death, um, inflation. People World are just trying wait. to find a break. Oh, um, my gosh, the abortion issue. But wait a minute, not just abortion. We've got contraception. we got same-sex marriage, and we're dealing with affirmative action uh, in the court. Starting uh, in October, when Ketanji Brown-Jackson is officially on the court, as associate justice.
3: That's what I wanted to ask you about because we've watched, I mean Clarence Thomas came right out and pretty much said that watch out cuz your birth control is about to be taken away in in addition to abortion rights in most states. And he got oh, some nerve. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to go for interracial marriage too, Clarence? But but um but April, I feel like Democrats are looking at the party going, you're not doing enough. I mean, the day that Roe versus That's Wade we're hearing, yeah. fell, instead of strong words and condemnation, they sent out, I got like a half a dozen texts from Nancy Pelosi asking for money. Like, this is your solution? Is just here? Make more donations? Yeah, right. I mean, seriously. One of, the, what- one
0: of the tools, one of the tools they say is in their toolbox is the election so that, you know, things can so you will have state legislatures and, and, and people who are in the top seat in the state that can prevent or not allow these things to happen. Because now what's happening is abortion is now a state issue. It's not necessarily a federal issue. Roe v. Wade was basically the timeline to tell you um, how far you can go in your pregnancy before an abortion. And after that you couldn't get anything else. But now it's up to six. And you've got some states talking about, oh, six weeks. You don't even know in six weeks That's uh, when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I thought back about when, when I was pregnant with my kids, I was like, it was eight weeks. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten weeks. Yeah. So, with both my daughters. So, you know, we're at a crossroads. And you have people telling you what you can and cannot do with your bodies. You have people telling you that they don't want you using contraception, forced pregnancy. Yeah. You have people telling you who you can and cannot marry. You have people trying to decide, you know, about, um, what do you call it? Um, in the next, the next court, they're going to be talking about uh, race-based admissions to some of these colleges. Yeah. So, and it, it's, it's going on and on and on. So, the question is, you know, what's next? What the Democrats have right now is voting. And they have other issues, but what they have right now is voting.
3: But, April, the thing is, we voted. Mm-hmm. Um, despite all of the the things that have been put in place in Georgia to try to stop people from right. voting. right? But, so this has been he, a methodical effort over decades. This has been a 50-year fight. and they but, won. but here's what I'm saying. We voted, we got some people in, but then they're not doing anything. It's like the Democrats won't stand Supreme up. Court, Come on, Supreme let's court, talk about it. The
0: Supreme Court is six conservatives and three liberals. And that's but the problem. This um, goes that's, back that's to what, what I'm saying. That's what, speak- right, that's what you're speaking right. That's what you're saying to. But back you, when let, they had the let's chance to stand up, stand up
3: and fight well, for Merrick minute, Garland. Back then they didn't stand right. up. Why didn't that you stand
1: up? Why didn't you get your pick? Come
0: hmm Come on, come and on. Then the same thing when Donald Trump then when the same thing when Donald Trump came in, he did the same thing that they said was wrong. And they stood up against, against Barack Obama. There is a hypocrisy here. But this is what the Democrats... Well, they're trying to work on the contract, contraception. They're dealing with same-sex. They're trying to deal with this, but they're also looking at voting. So right now... They ain't
1: dealing with people. it. You know what? And, and I agree yeah. with Angelique.
0: You have a Senate that's Republican. It's not this, this the time vote is common, Harris, but you've got a lot of Republicans. But you still got to do it. this is why they're saying that you have to vote so you can, you know, control... Supreme, or not, not only Supreme Court, but vote to, to control the Senate, vote to control the House. So this but, is what all this is. And you know what,
1: April, you know, I keep my ear to the street. And what I'm hearing a lot is a lot, like you just said in your, your intro, a lot of politics is being played. And people are saying, yeah. listen, is it Republican? Is it Democrat? I want results. How do we get results? How do we get our Democratic Party to recognize and understand that the people are tired? They want results. They don't want to send out some more money. Do you understand? If you're trying to
0: get to the meeting, I people, hear you. I hear, hear you. I'm sitting here writing. Right I'm, I'm, I'm scribing all this as you guys are upset. But here's what you have to do. And you have to remember this. We are a reactionary society. No one is forward-thinking. We're a reactionary society. So what you have to do is understand... The people listen to the squeaky wheel. You got to get up there and make noise and, and say, I'm tired. Look, you know, policing was supposed to happen. That didn't happen. All because of Tim Scott and Mitch McConnell. You had voting rights. It didn't happen. But now we're not voting with the full. It's, it's, uh, the irony is there. Kamala Harris is right about this. The same states that are controlling, that are forcing pregnancy are the same states. The 10, 11 states are the same ones that you're dealing with with voting rights. People have got to rise up and speak and you can't sit down. And once people hear that, you know, and, and you come in mess. look at what happened during George Floyd, the world saw this, the world spoke, people saw it. But when it comes to these issues, it's like, ah, wow wow for a couple of days. And that's it. They wait you out to keep moving on. Do you understand? They're playing the game just like you are trying to get what they want. If you make enough noise, they'll have to cave in. But if you don't, they move on.
3: But somehow, whether there's a Republican or Democrat as president, somehow, whether they have f- the more in the Senate or not, they wind up getting the stuff they
0: want. And Democrats don't. Like I said, like I, just, I said, they I'm have, played, they have played the long game. No, <laughs> no, no. You, you're right. Republicans have played the long game. Democrats sometimes are left scratching their heads, hoping. Republicans have played the long game and they'll win End of story.
1: And we were thinking it was going to be better because we had women in the office. And Joe Biden's cabin is a lot of women. So you were thinking, oh, God, yes, a woman's voice, a woman in the house, a woman, a woman, a woman. A lot of this stuff has been, the
0: groundwork has been laid years ago. Like, like, Angela just talked about Merrick Brown. Look at what happened. They prevented him from coming. But look what was in his place. You see what I'm saying? It's the long game. It's not just, oh, today we got a black woman. She's going to change this. A lot of this stuff has already been laid down. And it's just about implement, just pulling the trigger and make it happen. Republicans have been methodical and making sure they, they waited and they were quiet about it. And they worked quietly and got to where they wanted. Democrats are playing catch up from the way I see it, from this unique perspective, that I said. I know it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound hopeful, but oof, you got to fight for your right to party. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and apparently Ooh. birth control pills too. Thank you, April. Mm. Um
0: you're welcome. <laughs> Well, that could be a party too, depending on which way you look at it. Listen, and, and
1: the sad thing about all of that is that you're going to have these young girls out here, these women. Yeah. The doctors already don't listen to us. We already have issues with our body. You already have these young girls who are just trying to find themselves and find their ways. We've already seen how the death rate of women and black women in pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And then I just read some of the other day about a a woman who. Lost her baby, and they couldn't terminate it because they, that was considered uh, abortion due to this new Roe versus Wade
0: overturn. So, yeah, I've talked to so many doctors who are very upset. I've talked to doctors who cry because they cannot believe the state of this country and the state of women's reproductive rights. Um, reproductive rights, your right to your own body to decide. It's almost like you're in a whole nother country. Um, where they don't regard women, where they don't regard really your body and, and your reproductive.
1: If something goes wrong, know. you know, complications, what, what do you do?
0: That's, that's up in there too. They, drive it's, to it's Mexico. <laughs> and they're, and they're, or drive to California, Indiana, Illinois, and Maryland and New York. Those are safe states. Those are safe states.
1: Drive through California where the homeless rate is going up, but that's another story. Okay, let's go.
0: And wait story. a minute. And not only that, they're trying to get the homeless off the street now. Is it in the millions now? No. Girl, have I you, you know seen California lately? Is.
3: It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, you got people it's pants perched around.
1: They're almost up to yes, American Airlines, girl. <laughs> it's
0: crazy. Wait a <laughs> minute, is. wait a minute. The homeless are... At, you, wait a minute. You do know the homeless are in airports. They're in the airports and they cannot go beyond... The uh, TSA line, you know that, right? Uh, the homeless people are now living in the airports. I
3: saw it a, in
0: some cities, but in all around, yes, they are. I, I saw, saw it in Guardia,
3: but I, I never saw that at, that at LAX.
0: I have seen. I've seen it in Baltimore because I was. I'm at the counter. The guy says, "Can I have some money?" I'm looking because I just read the story about it, and then there, there he was. And in other cities, you can you will see them. The trains take them to the, the airport, and they stay. Mm-hmm. They say we we got work to do. That's why it's so important to vote. We have work to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I hate to end this conversation like that with the uh, but (laughs) you got to dig deep. But
1: before
3: yeah, we let is. you go, is there any possibility uh, Biden's approval rate is terrible, even among Democrats, 52, 56 percent of Democrats don't want him to run again. Is there a world <laughs> where that doesn't happen? VP Harris's ratings aren't great either. So it's not like, hey, let's just throw her in to run.
0: She didn't do well. No, last she's time. linked because she's connected to him. You know, guilty by association. So because is she's there, connected to him, her numbers is, are down.
3: Yeah. Is there a world where this doesn't happen and Gavin Newsom and somebody, I mean, in 2024, you see that happening?
0: I think, I think, I think Gavin Newsom has this White House trying to figure out where it stands. Because that's, that's, these are incumbents. And yeah. he is the, the head of the vice president of state. Yeah. They're, they're watching and they're looking, trust me, they are very, this administration is very well aware of the numbers and what people are saying and they're trying to change it according to sources close but they're very well aware we just have to watch this play out but gavin newsom (laughs) he's created he's created a little bit of stuff so
4: let's just watch it play out i know Uh, yeah
3: it's like don't sit around and wait and see what
0: happens
3: is trump gonna run in 2024
0: I have no clue. Unless he's indicted, he shouldn't run.
3: I mean, (laughs) is the January 6th hearing, is that having an impact
0: on his reputation? Rupert Murdoch said he shouldn't run, right? Yeah. Yeah, New York Post Post said it. Yeah.
1: But if there was was a message, April, that we can send to the Democratic Party (laughs) to let people know how serious they are about our party and how our party, a lot of them feel like we're letting them down. What would that message be, do you think?
0: I don't, you know what? I think the Democratic Party is sending the world a message. They're tired and they're in these polls. And they're saying how they feel. I mean, you have Democrats saying that they don't want this president for another I, term.
1: And not just the president. I think a lot of a lot of elected officials throughout the Democratic Party is really, you know,
0: laying Biden low when they the really Democratic need Party. to be standing up. Yeah, Biden is ahead of the Democratic Party. So therefore, whatever whatever they're saying about the party, they're saying about him. It's reflective.
3: Oh, and, and seven in 10 Americans God. don't want him back. <clears throat> the <end>. <laughs> April, <laughs> thank you
0: for all the bad thank news. you guys. I appreciate it. I, I'm sorry to be the bear of bad news, but I got a book coming out. In oh, October, Black Women us. will save the world.
1: <laughs> black women will save the world.
3: Do you have time to and talk about it for a sec? Or do we just reach out in, in October and when it comes out? Reach out, reach out, reach out. Let's reach
0: out closer to the time. Let's talk okay, about it. cool. So let's Thank you. Let's tease, let's tease it. Let's tease it and get the pre orders up. Okay. That's, that's right. It. You heard her. All right, sisters. I appreciate Thank
3: you. Y'all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. If you got
1: a message uh-huh. for Miss April, make sure you hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Cafe Mocha Radio.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Coming up next month on Cafe Mocha, Tevin Campbell is coming out of retirement. I mean, can we call him retirement? He's going to talk about where he's been, what he's been doing, and what's next. Plus, Ludacris always has something going on. We're going to talk about his cartoon, and will there be a Fast and Furious 10? Make sure you follow us at Cafe Mocha to keep up with what's going on on the show and download that podcast. Morlani, Yo-Yo, and
0: Art tells a story, your story, and inspires others in your community to do the same. This Black History Month. AARP is celebrating the undeniable impact and contributions of black art and artists everywhere. We're thrilled to celebrate these creators over 50. Through their work and persistence, they make society a better place by bringing us all closer together. Learn more at aarp.org slash blackcommunity.
1: It's Cafe Mocha. It's
3: Cafe Mocha Radio from a Woman's Perspective on the line. He's a longtime comedian, entrepreneur. He's got a Netflix special produced by Dave Chappelle called Legendary. And he's the host of Quake's House Monday through Thursday on Sirius XM. Lonnie, I know you guys are friends and you invited him here. So go ahead.
5: We had to talk to you. One, we're going to get to all your specials and, you know, your radio and acting and stuff. But. Out of all the people that was there the night Uh of the Dave Chappelle event where he got attacked, who was the person that went on before him? Was it
2: you? No. um, Dave had just finished up. We was about to, you know how it is, we were about to do curtains calls, you know? Uh And that's what he jumped on there. That's what he came out to. And he was like a ninja, man. He came up there so quick. He jumped on that jump. But uh, he, he... they they dealt with him very very well when he got up there though.
3: Uh but but that's crazy to me cuz you know we've all been to the Hollywood Bowl. They check your purse, you got to go through metal detectors and all kinds of stuff. How? I mean, how did he even get in with this contraption? This thing?
2: You know somebody knew somebody knew somebody and let him on through there. Somebody had to. You somebody know, I think let him in. <laughs>
3: I think so too.
5: I just wanted somebody else to say it.
2: Yeah, somebody let him through.
5: You think somebody let him through? Because I mean, the Hollywood Bowl—you have to go through uh, metal detectors. We've been through there many times, and for him to have the replica of a gun, but then there's a knife that comes out. So that would be metal. So right. the metal should have been uh, detected by the metal detector.
2: Plus, yeah, he uh, he had his own baronet. That's what he had. He made a wow. baronet. But he was in World War Two, coming over the hills. Since you but, were in the
5: crowd, what was some of the the conversation? Because you you said you were about to do a um, curtain call. What was that conversation like,
4: Quake?
2: I mean, we were shocked, but you know, as comedians, you know, nothing really um, sticks with us. So he said he might have, you know, tackled the show, but he tackled the night. We went on the party, went to the after party after, and talked about it. But it really, you know, shook Dave up because, I mean, to be quite honest with you, that was a full assassination attempt. He, you know, he was trying to take our man up out of here for all just because of the stuff he uttered. And I don't see nobody condemning. I mean, sitting around here condemning. I don't care what your sexual orientation is, what your race is, your gender. You sure. I think no matter what group you are, you should sit down here and immediately condemn that type of attitude. And I don't hear that outrage over a man actually trying to kill my man as they show all this outrage over the words that came out of his mouth. And one more thing, when they equate that his words are leading certain groups of people to be beaten and, have balance against them, you know, they really putting a mark on that man's head. Just the way Trump put it on other people. You ain't going to do that about your country. You ain't going to have no country. You better do something. And if you sit down at this man saying things that's derogatory and it's making it a height of balance uh, for a certain group of people, you're going to have some nuts that take that, that call. They're going to take that call to arms. And I'm not sure if that was his motivation or not, but I wouldn't exclude it either.
5: Well, the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office will not pursue felony charges against Isaiah Lee, the man accused of leaping on stage and attacking Dave Chappelle during the performance. He was, however, charged with four misdemeanors, including battery and possession of a weapon. And that's the video. It was a video message that was posted on Twitter. So how's your feeling that it's just misdemeanors and they're not going to charge a felony?
2: I'm surprised at that. So what would he have to do? Stab him for it to be a felony? I mean, because he didn't have it in his hand? I thought intent would do it. So I don't know. But I'm telling everybody, and anybody listening, here, you can run up here on my stage. It, it's going to be a misdemeanor coming up there, but you're going to catch a felony. leaving. Definitely.
5: Um, A representative for Chappelle released a statement on Wednesday and said, the unfortunate and unsettling as the incident was, uh, Chappelle went on with the show. And Chappelle's representative said in a statement um, to CNN, uh, Jamie Foxx and Chris Rock helped calm the crowd with humor from Chappelle and introduced the last and featured musical guest for the evening. So, um, you know, It's like, you know, it's like what you're just saying, you know, Earthquake. That, uh, do you think, in your humble opinion, as a comedian, have you ever seen this? Has someone ever, you know, because you've been doing comedy a long time. Has anybody ever ran up on you on stage?
2: No, they haven't, but I've seen it before. And I tell comedians all day long that my fan is a javelin. Yeah. Just letting you know. And if you're black, use it as a spear from the homeland, and I bet you won't run up there no more. Okay. I bet you won't. Oh, definitely. Put that on. Put that. Yeah. Put it underneath your under underneath your arm and just thrust. Ah! I bet you won't come up there no more.
5: <laughs> well, one thing that we do love about Dave, Dave Chappelle, is always giving opportunities to other comics, um, he uses his platform for exposure. And you were one of those uh, with your Netflix special, Legendary. Can you tell us about that?
2: Oh man, it's, um, it's my best work. I mean, it's I'm so humbled to get the response that's coming from not only uh, um, the crowds and the audience, but from my peers mm-hmm. and that crosses off. And that's just beautiful. Dave put it on and I knew by putting his name on it, it would get the eyeballs that, you know, my career, I feel, has been lacking for so long.
3: Um, Earthquake, the very beginning of the special, Dave talks about how he met you and when he met you. Can you take us back a little bit to how this relationship formed to begin with?
2: Well, I used to own my own comedy club and, uh, we booked Dave, and I didn't know Dave at the time, but when I see how much we was paying him, I had to meet him.
1: <laughs>
2: so I said, who is this kid? So you know how it is, Lonnie. We have the press run in the morning. Very right. few times the club owner would take you. I said, I'm going to take him on the press run. We don't need the uh, assistant manager. i do it. I just wanted to size him up and see what he is. He, he was Dave. And then um, took him to all the press and then went to see him perform at my club that night. And soon as he uh, got on stage and started doing his act, I see why he was uh, Baby Jesus. <laughs> I love it. You
5: know, um, we're talking to a um, comedian, Earthquake. His new comedy special is on Netflix, Uh, titled Legendary.
3: We're talking to Comedian Earthquake. His comedy special, Legendary, is currently streaming on Netflix. Uh, And you can check out his radio show, Quake's House, Monday through Thursday, 1 at 3 on Sirius XM.
1: Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now.
3: This is the espresso. I'm sure Ben Crump is on his way to Oakland, Tennessee, where Brandon Calloway was brutally beaten and tased by cops in a viral video that is horrifying.
1: Why are you chasing
3: him and hitting him? He has
4: no weapons. Get off of the car!
3: And I know you saw the video of the little black girls being ignored and dismissed by the character at Sesame
5: Place. Now, to be clear, the issue here is not so much the racist incident that America witnessed, but it's how the company responded to it. It doesn't take three statements over five days to recognize racism.
3: And what movie brought in the biggest box office number since the pandemic? Was it Thor? Nope. Jurassic World? Nope. Jordan Peele's sci-fi horror flick blew up the box office last
5: weekend. You can't have black people in a flying saucer film and just have it be the same experience. There's a different relationship.
3: (laughs) Did I understand the movie at all? Nope. That's the espresso. (laughs) Radio from a woman's perspective, but men can listen to. We call it Cafe Mocha. We're talking to comedian Earthquake.
5: One thing that I really love about your comedy, Earthquake, is, is authentic. It, it Just tell it like it is. It's down to earth. And what I haven't seen a lot of comedians do is talk about health.
3: That's right.
5: One of the main things was in your comedy special, Health is Wealth. Can you tell me why it's so important for you to use like your comedy as a platform to help our community?
2: Because um, we, you know, we attribute success with a lot of us with the accumulation of materialistic things, cars, houses, jewelry, those type of things. And what I try to tell our community, all that is good, but your true wealth is your health. Most one of the richest man in the world is, you know, owned Apple and uh, he had all the money in the world but he, what he needed was a liver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I'm so tired of our people, especially black men, dying with diseases that my God has already let a cure come from. And the only reason why you die from because you're not maintaining your health. You'll take your car to the shop but you won't take your body to the shop. And a lot of brothers around here drive, riding around here with the engine light on and they mm-hmm. keep on driving. Mm-hmm. And when they could go in there, because they equate the diagnosis with a death sentence. And I try to tell them the same way Chris Rock told them all the money is in the treatment and not the cure. So you need to be treated. And if any race of people deserve to be treated by this country, is us. So at least. If they ain't going to do nothing else in here, they should take care of us. And it's up to you to make sure that they do that. Four things a black man should always have before he get his first pair of Nikes or first pair of, uh, in my humble opinion, Jordan, this should have life insurance, health insurance, uh, retainer for a lawyer, <laughs> and <laughs> bail money. Those are the four things <laughs> they got. Retainer
3: and bail money. I love that your special kind of starts with the elephant in the room and that is the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. It has been such a, div- I mean, like m- most of the people I know are even scared to talk about the vaccine in mixed company and you just come right out.
4: Bam.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause that's what we do. That's our job as a comedian. Say what you, what you think and then you won't or Say or enlighten you on something that's happening, especially with the hypocrisy, and you know, talk on it. And now it is. I mean, I just like I said, I just want you to be consistent. If you're gonna sit here and pick one thing that you're gonna do your due diligence on, which is the vaccine, let me see what it is. Practice that across all spectrum of your life. And if you find that, you're being a hypocrite, like I said. Thank
5: you.
3: Radio from a woman's perspective, but men can listen to, we call it Cafe Mocha. We're talking to comedian Earthquake.
5: Is hit after hit after hit in this Netflix special, Legendary, where he's talking the truth, but he makes it so funny and so relatable. Your real name is Nathaniel. How did you come up with an Earthquake from Nathaniel?
2: Because Nathaniel Strowman didn't roll off the tongue. And secondly, if this didn't work, I wasn't going to scully my good name. <laughs> uh, they're like, man, what's up, Quake? Man, you're terrible. My name ain't Earthquake. My name is the Thank wow. God it did work out, but it worked out for me. But yeah, I, that's why I named myself Earthquake. In case this uh, journey didn't work, I ain't want to mess up my name.
5: What do you think happens with the future of stand-up comedy, Quake? What, what do we need to do to get back to people actually respecting the craft and not not coming up on stages?
2: I think this, this is just an anomaly. We're going through a phase. I think, you know, we're the, we're the most purest talent that there is, and we will always survive because this, we are truth-tellers. We're low-maintenance when it comes to entertainment parts of it. We have the most difficult job out of any entertainer. Like I told Jay-Z and the rest of them, I would love to be able to tell my first joke and tour on it for the rest of my career. Like <laughs> you did your first song after a hit. I wish I could have dancers in the back when I'm tired of telling the joke. Look at the dance. Wish I could get tired of telling jokes. Come on up here, Lonnie Love, say your verse. <laughs> Wish I could go up there and play somebody else's music and the crowd jump around. Wish I could sit up there and lip sync a rap song and it's my song. So, plus we the third eye. We tell the we tell everybody what's going on. So I think it's stronger than ever. I'm out here for the Netflix uh, Ain't a Joke Festival. Successful. I mean, you look at um I was with the Snoop Dogg yesterday. Them filming his with Mike Epps, Cat Williams, uh, Melody Macho, Guy Toy, um, and Dave. Even though this fool jumped over and did what he did, you still cannot squash. Y'all recognize he did four nights at the uh, Hollywood Bowl with over seventy-five thousand tickets sold. But nothing but a mic in the stand. We don't need a band. We don't need all these people. So, no, no, I think. We- It's hotter than it's ever been for comics. And this part right here will pass. Remember that
5: time, Quake, we was in Seattle and they they had me and you (laughs) and we had uh, the white people and then we had the black people. (laughs) It was a mixed
2: crowd. Um,
5: People from Chelsea came to to see me. (laughs) It was funny. It was a funny And
2: Ronnie drinks better than any white dude ever. <laughs> Lonnie. Lonnie, get that Yega. Oh, Lonnie. Oh, I was like, go ahead, Lonnie. But she, <laughs> you you good, girl. You're funny and you're a beautiful person.
5: Oh, well, we can't wait to see you on tour, Earthquake. And um check him out. Quake's House, one to three p.m. Monday through Thursday, Sears XM. And you can check him out on Netflix. Right now, legendary his comedy
2: special. We love you, Earthquake. Take care, okay? Love you. All right. Also tell Nigga, follow me at the Real Earthquake Instagram, the Real Earthquake. For all dates and times and everything. My website will tell you everything where we at. Thank y'all. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Right.
3: That's the show. Tevin Campbell will be coming to Cafe Mocha. We're gonna find out what he's been up to why he got out of the spotlight, he's got a tour coming up, plus Ludacris has a list of projects he's doing, including his cute cartoon on Netflix, Karma's World. Make sure you follow us on all platforms and subscribe to the podcast by typing in Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit cafemocharadio.com. <laughs>